Welcome to Church Ahead, the weekly Christian podcast talking about big questions facing the future of church with Rev L all the way from the north of England. Episode 9, House, where we meet three building contractors who want to get their hands on your home. Harold Heritage, Louise Liberal and Demolition Dave. Which one do you fancy? I'm trying to give you some analogies of church decline. Last time we thought about church as a restaurant where the punters are going off the food. Today I want you to think of church as a house. I think it's legitimate to compare church to a restaurant because they're both in the business of providing nourishment. And I think it's fair game to see the house of God as a house because church is a sacred canopy that protects us from the storms of life. It's sometimes said that the human body's first line of defence is our skin. That's the language of dermatology. Then our second skin is our clothes. That's the language of fabric and apparel. And our third skin is the buildings we inhabit. That's how architects talk. Alongside the first two, this third skin is supposed to keep us dry at a comfortable temperature, keeping out what we don't want too much of, namely heat in a hot climate and cold in a colder place. It's supposed to keep us safe and secure so that we can get on with our lives, cocooned with our loved ones, perhaps including pets, winter and summer, rain or shine. So let's go and look at this house. Where is it? It's on a street that used to be right at the centre of town. But the life of the town has moved on a bit and our house is now set on the edge of town. At the end of a street, not many people go down these days. There was a time when this house had lots of visitors, but not many people come and darken the door anymore. It's an old house. It's been around for a long time. For many centuries, people loved this house. They spent a lot of money on the maintenance. It was never an easy house to keep up with. But people didn't mind. Nothing was too good for this house. It had beautiful ornamental windows, walls built from the best local stone and a steep Gothic roof made of the finest slate. Each generation adapted it just a little and the modifications were always done to the highest standard. Nothing cheap or nasty would be put into this house. But it's not what it was. A generation ago, it started to show its age. It was starting to look a bit worn, and the energy for keeping up with it just started to flag. People had less time to volunteer for work on its upkeep. There was a financial downturn, and there just wasn't the money anymore to pay tradesmen to keep repairing things. As we look at the house today, there are a number of serious problems that are not hard to spot. The roof leaks when it rains. A roofing company have said that roof tiles have blown off 
and rainwater has got into the structure of the roof, and the rafters and structural purlins are starting to rot. In winter, the house feels a bit damp. There are some gaps in the walls, and penetrating damp has infected the plaster on the inside, which is turning black as it crumbles away in patches. The damp-proof course has failed at several points, and so dampness is coming up through the floor and the walls. You can smell it. The windows have been the victim of vandalism. Local youths keep throwing stones at the ornamental glass. Because it's high up and expensive, no one has got round to repairing these. The wind blows in, and it's very difficult to keep the place warm anymore. An electrician's been round, and he's told us the electrical wiring is 40 years out of date. It's dangerous. It's an accident waiting to happen. And the worst thing is that we can see cracks appearing in one wall. We hoped that this was just a cosmetic problem and could be filled in easily enough. But a structural engineer has just charged us £1,000 for a report telling us the foundations are suffering from subsidence. And slowly but surely, the whole East End gable wall is sliding down the hill towards the river. So the house, our house, is in a sorry state and we don't know what to do. We got three building contractors in to see what should be done. But they've come up with such three wildly contrasting proposals. I mean, usually when you get three builders' quotes, you can see some sort of credible range as to what's needed. But these three are so different. You wonder if they're even talking about the same house. The first building contractor to come and give their opinion is Mr. Harold Heritage from a firm called Conserving Churches. And he was really enthusiastic about the place. He loves the building as it is and can't see what all the fuss is about. He admits it might be worth replacing a few roof tiles to keep it drier for longer. But he can't see what the problem is with such a lovely old building when it starts to show its age. He's told us about buildings far worse than ours, where there's no longer even a roof on at all. He calls them glorious ruins. He points out how ugly the modern house next door is, with its plastic windows and awful satellite dish. And when I so show him the electrical report, he's really quite dismissive. Why don't you just go back to lighting things by candle? Mr Heritage thinks we can. We don't need electricity, electrical lighting. Mr Heritage thinks the main problem here is not the building. It's our failure to appreciate its charm. Whilst he's not so tactless to say so, I wonder if he questions whether we deserve to have such a lovely old building. And after his visit... He gets back into his Land Rover and he drives off, looking behind to continue lecturing me. So I shout out, watch out for that dish in, ditch in front of you, as he nearly drives into it. When he's gone, we feel quite encouraged about the state of affairs. 
for about 10 minutes. Next week, we have a visit from Ms. Louise Liberal from the firm Modern House. She too is very enthusiastic about our building, but not so much about what it is today, more about what she thinks it could be. She issues a list of exciting potential improvements, from putting in a new toilet to a brand new kitchen. She wants to add central heating with a new energy-saving heat pump, but she's a bit vague on the cost of these improvements, and she doesn't seem to pay much attention to the leaking roof above us or the collapsing foundations below. It's good to meet someone who sees so much potential, but I'm not sure she's even seen the real problems, let alone got any answer to them. When she drives off in her electric car, I rather like the key phrases she left me with. Modern house for a modern world. Yes, I like the sound of that. But I can't help wondering, is our house really cut out to be modern? The third contractor who comes to view is Demolition Dave. We can hear his bulldozer scraping down the street before we can even see him. Wearing a hard hat and a high-vis jacket with the firm's name on the back, Raging Radicals, he gets out before he has even waited for my greeting and he says to me from across the street, You must be joking. You don't think there's any future in that wreck, do you? Well, I admit I did wonder if possibly in the right hands there might be no way, he says. That thing is no longer fit for purpose. It will cost you more than it's worth to fix it. And you might do more damage than good in trying. For goodness sake, knock it down now and start again somewhere else. Perhaps there might be some value in some of the materials to an architectural salvage merchant. And of course you could get something for the land. I don't like to hurt your feelings, and I'm not saying the whole place has no value, but it no longer works for you, and the only sensible future is knock it down and move on. He climbs back into the cab of his bulldozer and races off, scratching a neighbour's wall on the way. I don't really like his abrasive manner, and he says he doesn't want to hurt my feelings, but that's exactly what he has done. But late that evening, when I've calmed down, I start to think, perhaps he has a point. Perhaps Demolation Dave is right. Yes, I think that church is like a dilapidated house, falling into disrepair, where the problems are more than just cosmetic, and they're only going to get worse. There are lots of lovely memories of the past, but not much prospect for the future. We're going to look at church's problems in this podcast. And in a sense, we're not alone because many other people are looking at these problems and coming up with all sorts of solutions. There are many reform movements in the contemporary church. Many different groups organising with an agenda of church should do this, or church should be that. 
Have you met people like Harold Heritage from Conserving Churches? I've met plenty of people like him who can only look backwards. What about Louise Liberal from Modern House? Full of good ideas, but are they the right ones? And what about Demolition Dave from Raging Radicals? With his brutal thinking of the unthinkable, saying the unsayable. There are lots of voices out there telling the church what to do, and we will listen to them. When we get round to it, we'll review the strengths and weaknesses of all the main reform movements in the church today, one by one. Try and give them a fair hearing. And don't forget, there are some good things going on in church today. There are some churches making headway. It's mostly doom and gloom, but it's not all doom and gloom. There is good practice. There are some houses that this year are better than last year. And we will try to find these out and bring some hopeful stories to attention too. But for today, I'll leave you with a question or two. What do you think are the sacred canopies the people around you are building in the 21st century? And how much is church a part of your third skin? Thank you for listening to episode nine. Please join me next week when we look at the third of these three analogies of church decline, comparing church to a broken down bus.